0: Hey, this is Carrie
1: and Angela,
0: and we're and angels Ro- in
1: angels in recovery,
0: and we are going to talk about how we involve our family in our recovery. Um, so I will be having my young daughter with me, and uh, her name's Rose. And after the disclosure, we'll start our uh, discussion.
1: Awesome. Hi, guys, it's Angela. I'm also um, an angel in recovery. And this podcast and website represent the opinions of Angela and Carrie and their guest, Rose, to the show. The content here should not be taken as medical or legal advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is so unique, please consult a professional for any medical or legal questions. No de- no guaranteed disclaimers state that hmm, a business makes no promises regarding the outcome of using the, its product and or services. Uh, So uh, if you need specific advice like medical, legal, financial, or risk management, please seek a professional who is licensed in that area. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast and website are, are, are our own. That is a tongue twister. Guys, bear with me. And do not represent the recovery path. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we're sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of error. Privacy is the utmost importance to us. All people, places, and scenarios mentioned in this podcast have been changed to protect the person's confidentiality. This podcast is to protect the person's um, and should this podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to the establishing standards of care in any legal sense or a bias basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any and all statements or opinions made in this podcast.
0: Woo! Got through that one. <laughs> Don't mind my look today. I've been boxing and throwing stuff out. I'm just a hot mess. Put it that look, way. You're doing it
1: straight and you're on the you're on the recovery path, so hey, when was the last time you moved and was able to remember where you put everything? <laughs> <laughs> ah, she's scratching her head. Has it been that
0: long, yeah um because even when I moved from the trailer in recovery to um with my uh ex husband and Rose, I just threw everything in like bags and totes and right <laughs> just to get it over here I really, yeah. but this time I'm putting you know doing the boxes, labeling um everything, but yeah, and I right. fell mm. my right mm. leg because my sciatic nerve gate, uh was acting up and right I fell outside, scraped my ankle my leg um mm. but you know it's it's all a process. You know, oh, just right. like recovery, you, you need to weed out stuff. You got to, you know, and everything. Um, You had
1: some spectacular news today. What happened today, Miss Carrie?
0: <laughs> my license came in.
1: That is amazing. And it's a great picture. She showed me, she sent me a picture of it. Oh, my God, guys. We do recover. We do get it back. It, that, that is, um, I'm so proud and I'm so happy for you. I, I bet you feel like a million bucks having that little ID. The, isn't it amazing? Just a little piece of plastic. How it just—it it validates you. Look mm, yep. all your hard work. It paid off. It mm. did pay off. Yep. And you got it in your hands.
0: Mm, yeah. Yep. Cause so hard. Last week I showed you the paper one that I got from right. the DMV last Friday.
1: Right, right.
0: And the official one came in the mail today and I was just so excited. I was telling everybody I could that I got my license back. When that
1: envelope came, you knew exactly what it was. And you weren't scared to open it this time. <laughs> No nope. I know when I get those DMV I'm like, oh what did I run a red light or something? <laughs> when you get those things, you're like, oh, but you were happy to get it. That's amazing. Look again, guys, it does happen. Just gotta take your time. And how do you um speaking about family, where's our little co host? Where where
0: is she? Hi my res
1: <laughs> You're gonna say hi?
0: Hi.
1: How is everything going with packing, honey? I know it's a little stressful, huh? Good. Are you excited to be moving?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> a new location. That's good. That's good.
0: Now, what are you the uh, most proud of with Mommy in recovery? Can you tell me? I don't know. Okay. Okay. Oh, what did you do um for school? About did writing
1: write... about mommy? Can you tell us a little bit about it? You don't have to get, tell for for word, 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 but can you tell us a little bit what was your, it was a paper, right? Or an essay? Yeah. Can you tell me about it a little
0: bit? don't remember very much of it, do you? No. (laughs) How you were
1: proud and she was your hero.
0: You know how I was, you were so proud of mommy being, uh, persevering through the struggles of the addiction and getting better, you remember that? That's alright,
1: listen. That 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 comes with the territory. My, I know. Um, um,
0: she's twelve. She's very shy. That's fine. Um, that's
1: fine. I appreciate her just saying hi and and saying her name. That's awesome.
0: You know. Um, well, I'm just letting the other listeners understand that you know she uh, she is an amazing artist. She is yeah. an amazing little girl. Mm -hmm. Um, however, she's very shy, and when it comes to, you know, speaking, she gets very quiet. That's okay. And...
1: I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate to that.
0: But I do remember taking her to the outpatient clinic with me and got her into, um... Celebrating Families with the program and it taught her about addiction, how it is, um, generational, you know, you, it can run in the family, um, and everything. And they just, you know, help her understand a little bit of what us addicts are going through in recovery. I
1: know with my kids, they were very angry for a long time. It took months and months and months. And way that I was described, I had my path that I was walking. They have their path and their process of things. Mm-hmm. So you can't expect, well, I'm clean, you know, Enzo, so, come on. Um, you can't expect, I'm clean. They should forget. No, they have a path. And one thing, um, I spoke briefly with uh, a friend. Yes, and ta- thank you. Um, our, my dog was in here and he wanted to get out. Um, a friend of mine said, you know, she's so angry and she's so bitter towards me. And I said, you know what? She has every right to be angry. She has every right to be bitter. And that's her walk. You can't walk it for her. A lot of people who are in recovery... They want to get back with the kids, and that's I'm all for it, but you have to let them walk their walk. Either yeah. will give way, it will give way, and then it'll be, you know, resistance, and then it could, you know, or it could be I'm so grateful that you're clean and you're doing the right thing. So you have all those variables. Um, a great thing I did with my kids, I have four is i took them like you said with to the outpatient with and we had family and um with a therapist there and it was monitored the children said things that maybe if they said to me and nobody else was around i might have been a little shocked to hear but you know it was a safe environment and they were told it's a safe zone you can say what you want And they brought up things that I didn't think were that big of a deal. But it was a big deal to them. Um, They brought up really good memories. And, um, you you know, they brought up bad memories. And like you said, everything is a process. And I didn't take them just once. I think I took them like nine times.
0: They I I took, um, I took her all the way up until I, um, was discharged from the clinic. Me too. Um, but also, um, you know, in recovery, it's a spiritual, um, walk. walk and it could be any kind of spiritual way you think. However, my way... And mm-hmm. this is, I, I'm talking about an experience with my kids and me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just sat down with them and told them, I know I'm not the mother you wanted. And I know that I wasn't the best mom for you. Mm-hmm. However, I am sorry and I will do anything and everything I can to make it better. Okay. And that was my way of making amends to my kids. Okay. So, you know, each person's different, you know. Sometimes. Right.
1: And, and the one thing I can't capitalize or stress enough, guys, if you're listening and you're battling with you know you want them to accept or whatever you apologize once don't sit there and and feel you need to apologize over and over because I did that in the very beginning And my sponsor actually caught on to it and she's like you're apologizing way too many times you apologize once and how you show you're sorry she's like by your actions and you never let it happen again if you if it happens again you apologize and you keep going forward. She's like, do not beat yourself up over it. She's like because that's the quickest way that's the quickest way out the door mm-hmm. is you'll sit there and guilt yourself into, you know, well, I feel bad, I did this with them or I did that or I no, say you're sorry and how you prove you're sorry is you don't do it again and you apologize and say you're sorry once. I know this one girl, um I'm going to keep it anonymous, but she loves when I talk about it. Um, And she actually, she's been listening to our podcast, so she'll know who she is. Um, She had three children, babies, little kids, uh, a two-year-old, a four-year-old, and a six-year-old. When she had gotten clean, they were four, eight, and I think ten. Don't quote me on these uh, ages. Um, But um, so she, they were older. And if she would take them to the meeting, and she would set them up. And every time she would get them on the weekends, and she would hit the meetings. And every time those kids walked in those doors, they had a new toy, they had a new. And she's like, "I feel, I feel bad. I gotta buy them something." And I said, "You know." And we capitalized on it, me and my sponsor, because I we were we were chairing the meeting, and I said, "You know what? We need to do about you know forgiveness and how we apologize." we don't need to buy them things, you know, because that that doesn't last. And she walked out of that meeting, called me in her car crying. She's like, the way you broke it down made so much sense. And I said, I'm I'm not saying don't buy your kid toys. That's not what I'm saying. But don't feel that you need to to say you're sorry. Because those tangible items, those little toys... They get broken and lost. It's more meaningful by putting more clean time underneath your belt. You know, going, hitting those miles, the three, the six, the nine, the 12, hitting those milestones. Those mean more to them. I will never forget when my do- daughter gave me my four year point and she held on to it. And she's like, I never thought in a million years you'd be able to get four years. I remember when you couldn't get. minutes together and here you stand in front of me a new woman involved in our lives and you've taught us so much she's like I I saw the bad and I saw the really good and she's like mom just keep going she's like I'm so when she said that oh my the tears the tears (laughs) hearing the recognition and the pride that she had for her mother once again It was everything to me.
0: Well, and, you know, I didn't always buy Rose whatever she wanted. However, after a year of being clean, I wanted to give her something that she she wanted for a long time, a very long time. And she created it herself on the American Girl doll. She made her own oh. doll.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: It was with the outfit. Everything that she wanted was 200 and some odd dollars. Yeah. I took that money and I bought that for her for her birthday. Mm-hmm. She still has that.
1: Yeah, right? Yes, those things mean things, you know, It. it, it you know.
0: But that was more not of an apology. It was more, you know what, I'm taking money that was being misused Mm -hmm. and putting it towards making my daughter happy.
1: Right, right. And that made me feel good. It it does, it does. I, I mean... Oh, God, and and that's something um, I tell people to do, not do and here I'm doing it. Sit back and think about how much money we literally threw out the window. Literally, you know, and I said, don't think about it. Don't think it. but uh, bring up a very, if you were to turn around and take a portion, not saying the whole amount, if you would take a little portion and buy the child something that they truly and utterly want, like you said, the American dolls, those are so expensive. Samantha 16. And she still doesn't have one. She, I, she, I said Sam, what? You're 16. She's like, I want one. So I said maybe for her 17th birthday. <laughs> I don't know, you know. But that's but amazing. they are a
0: collector's item. They're not yeah. just a regular doll. Uh-huh. They are, you know, they do are worth a lot of money if you collect them. So uh-huh. you, you know. It could be more of a collection for her. Mm-hmm. Rosie played with hers, but she still... It, the yeah, thing in the box and stuff like that. It's still in mint condition.
1: Right, right. What are other things that you do as a family, now that you're clean, that you didn't, that they may have missed out on?
0: Uh, we go swimming. We, That's good. We play board games. We play roadblocks together. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, uh, last night we watched the first two of Hunger Games. Okay. And now we're on the third one, where um, mocking uh, Jay. One. Um We're on the second part of that one. Okay. And we, um, color. Okay. Crafts. Have dinner together.
1: That's good. That's big. They say a family that eats together stays together. And I'm a true believer. I know when I was growing up, even, you know, I started working when I was 16 in a nursing home. And,
0: uh, oh, um, no, 16 No, years- what you just said, yeah. Eat together, stay together.
1: Mhm.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, no. We I don't, my family's done that all the time, but you know, I've got, uh, I've had a divorce, but we came back together. So, okay. you know, it, that's what this is. Oh, okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> well, my my thing was even though I was working, I had to take my break at. Six o'clock, and get my butt home. If I didn't get, uh, and I had to take my break while well, everybody we, you know, would, you know, we'd sit down and eat. You know, my dad would say, "Listen, you know what? I'm gonna take the insurance off your car. If you don't get your butt here, you get an hour for break. You you get on at three o'clock, and you leave at eleven o'clock. You can take your dinner at six. And everybody knew it on, on everybody knew six o'clock, Angela leaves, she takes her dinner and she'll be back at seven. And, you know, even now, my daughter, Brianna, she'll call me, even though she can't sit at my table. She'll call me at the, hey, ma, how are you? And uh, what are you guys doing? How is everybody's day? we FaceTime sometimes, sometimes it's just a voice call, but they know. You know, 6 o'clock, we're eating dinner. You know, I want to hear from you. I want to hear how your day was. Um, something that I do with the kids that I didn't do when I was getting high, talk. I, You know, I will pull them aside. Like, now I'm more apt to seeing them, you know, like, uh, you know, I see something welling up, and they may be acting out in a certain way, and I'll be like, hey, come here, come here. I pull them aside, what's going on, what's in that, what's in that. Well, my, you know I'm having trouble in science. Or, well, then let's crack the book together. You know, like, but what, if I was if I was high, I would have noticed it. You know, and I would just been like, oh, go in the room, do your thing. You know, but I uh, we talk you now all the time. They'll come to me and they'll say, I got a problem. I'm, What's your problem? Sit down, let's talk. Big thing. Like I open those lines of communication. I even say, listen, you may not be able to talk to me face-to-face, maybe you're a little embarrassed about it, shoot me a text, send me an email, you know, even write me a letter. I've woken up and, you know, gotten dressed in the morning, Mm -hmm. and uh, there's been a letter underneath my door. Hey, mom, just got this going on. I didn't know how to, you know, talk to you about it, so I'm writing you. On email. he's starting to write. So he writes little letters, just want to let you know I love you, mom. You know, <laughs> it's nice stuff. Just little things, you know. Yeah. Does not cost a lot? We go for walks. Something we were doing walks last until COVID hit. And then we started taking a little break from it because I didn't want them out and about. Um, but we're starting to get back into it. Um, we do fishing. We go on the boat. We go jet skiing. Well, my daughter does the jet skiing. Um, you know, we do a lot of things now together that we didn't. You know, I'll never forget the first carnival I went to uh, clean and sober. I was like so proud of myself. I was like, you know, wow, I can't believe this. I'm going to remember this tomorrow. You know, I wasn't suited. And I, you know, just, you know, walking through the carnival, being like, yeah, that's nice. It's time to go home. Or looking for an empty, empty porta potty so that I could sniff a line and get it going. (laughs) You know? Just having that freedom of not being chained to what I call a bathroom. That's what I felt like. I was chained to a bathroom because I needed a spot to do my stuff. And, uh, you know, having that sobering reminder when my daughter got very sick, my dad calls me, Better get over because I didn't have custody yet at that point. And he's like, You better get over here. There's something wrong with Brianna. And I popped up. I grabbed my car keys. I got in my truck and I drove right to the house. And I thought about it. I'm like, Oh my God. I, I, I didn't need to get up. I didn't need to go in the bathroom. I didn't need to wait for somebody to stop by. I didn't have to count my dollars. You know, it was none of that. I just got up and I took care of what I had to take care of. And it was, you
0: know, family. All family related. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, um, it's important that no matter how damaged your relationship is with your children, there is a light in in the, in the, um, You know, if your kids were taken from you, you can get them back. If you're, um, you know, fighting behavioral issues because they don't are acting out, all this is is fixable, but not instant. It's not instant. No,
1: no. no. And
0: your actions have to uh, match. The walk, you're walking. Yeah. You know, my mom used to always say, you talk the talk, now walk the walk.
1: Right. Right. It is. It's the hardest thing is putting it into action and understanding that it is not instant. My judge swore up and down. She was not going to make it easy on me when she took my kids away. And she shirked detected not 18 months before I even got one overnight. 18 months. And everybody I heard would get six months. They were getting, you know, but my judge was like...
0: It no, all I'm depends not- on the judge. You know, certain judges are um, more strict than others. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, there's there's always hope
1: yeah yeah don't give up i i know um a gentleman came into the meeting and he said that it, it was it, it was too far gone that his child was taken out of his custody and you know he was going into forced care and i kept saying don't don't give up don't give up and he's like no the judge said it'll never happen sure enough three years later He was getting full custody of his child. He was actually uh, applying to uh, petition the foster parents. And he won because he was the biological father. He never signed over his uh, parental rights. He bought from him. And the state did take him away for a while and did put him in foster care. I don't know how that happened. But then again, each case is unique. And, uh, you know, that's what had to happen for him. And But he did. After three years, he got his kids back. So it's never, you know, and he came in with this defeated. He's like, I'm still good. I'm not going to get rid of my clean time. I'm not getting rid of my clean time. I'm going to keep going. But I. I just never, and I'll never forget when he got his apartment. And he got a two-bedroom, one for him, one for his son. And he goes, I decorated it. And he made it so nice, and he came in with the keys, and he's jingling his keys, and he's oh, like, nice. I got a room for my son. So, it was nice to see them reunited. Because ultimately, yeah, I want? know a lot of what people, the courts want re re-unition. re what do they call it? Reuniting. They want to reunite the family. They mm-hmm. do. It just takes time. And we as addicts want it now. How come I didn't have it two weeks ago? So just hang in there. Don't don't give up hope. You know.
0: Nope. And you know there's so many different odd uh, paths, you know, and you know, a lot of people, you know, say there's always uh, one way or or another is better. You know what? The way I see it is for me, for me, myself, taking a little bit of each program that I was involved in Mm -hmm. and combining it, Mm -hmm. it made it more relatable for me to understand.
1: Oh,
0: there and so, um, you know, understanding, you know, any, well, you know, their traditions and everything with my relationship, you know, my uh, spiritual and, you know, a little bit of everything helped me really get through Ooh. a lot of hard times and i am just amazed of how everybody who, you know, we want to end the stigma about recovery. However, people are always bashing each other on how each other recovers. And that's, mm-hmm. that that can't happen. It, it, we are a recovery community. We need mm-hmm. to focus on saving lives... Getting programs out there for active u- users that use needles that you know uh, can bring you know their old ones in and get new ones until they're ready right. to get clean. Um, you know, having Narcan out there for people. Um, you know. If they're homeless, you know, have programs like Recovery Army that go out, give uh, food and hot meals and pray with them or, you know, share some, you know, positive to them. And we need to focus on that instead of, oh, match, not odd, odd, recovery, odd. You know, suboxone's not recovered. You know what? Who cares? Right. As long as the person's alive, Mm -hmm. then what's the big deal?
1: That's right. That's right. And there's too much, you have to realize too, when you're pointing a finger at somebody, three fingers are pointing back at you. So, like, you know, Take that for what it's worth. Why sit there and point your finger? You're not clean. Doesn't is it your clean time? No, then it shouldn't shouldn't matter. Should not matter. Whatever that person is doing to get through that twenty four hours without going to their drug of choice, that's that's their walk. And that's another thing that, you know, these uh, double digit and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna this isn't, uh, they get uh, numb to the idea of, uh, you know, newcomers coming in and struggling and they forget what it's like. Maybe when they first came in, there was something that they were using to get them through 24 hours. Mhm. Whenever they're ready to stop it and, and do it and they get their full 24 hours without anything, then that's when they do it, you know. If they're under doctor's care, or if they're under a therapist, or, you know, as long as they're doing it the right way, we really don't have a leg to stand on and we shouldn't judge.
0: Exactly. You know, because... And I I think, you know, I'm not going to bash old-timers, you know, people that have 20, 30 years. Yes, they have a lot of wisdom. But... Mm -hmm. I've noticed that some, and I'm not going to put everybody in there, their, but some get set in their ways.
1: Right, right.
0: And they're not and, but, willing to open their mind, their closed right. mind. Well, yeah. you know,
1: back in the day, that's what it was. You stop and that's it. You do not do this taper. You don't do this, take this and that, but you just stop. I mean, and again, we're not putting them all in that, but it is a, a common uh, misconception. Uh, I'm going to keep it on me um, that people who are using uh, different medications to come off of other chemicals, you know, they don't consider that clean time. They say, well, in the book, okay, well, you know, I'm sure if Bill. You know, going all the way back to Bill, if Bill knew there was this medication where his DTS weren't as severe, why put your body through that? To slowly bring it down, bring you out of it. Whatever you feel comfortable, it has to be at your comfort level, and you should never turn around and run away from meeting, run away from speaking to somebody because of a way that. You're walking your recovery walk. It's it's up to yours. I know people turn around and they're on suboxone, and they have their clean date, and then they come off of suboxone, and then they change their clean date because that they felt that was their genuine clean date was when they weren't taking suboxone. And I said, more power to you. If that's what you want, that's fine. I've had people in the middle of anniversary stop it and say, I can't accept my coin. And I'm like, what, why? Because I was on to boxing for three months. And I said, okay, well, that, you know, in the middle of an anniversary. And I said, okay, I respect that. But I want to honor you for having, you know, the clean time that you got, you know. And we continued it. And um, they just said they didn't want their coin or their tab. Until three months later, I said, we can arrange that again. No problem. And we had another anniversary. And that was, in their mind, their genuine anniversary. It's different for everybody. So don't be chased away because of that. Never let somebody else's thoughts chase you out from speaking to somebody, going to a meeting, or even you know investigating an avenue that maybe may help you. You know, maybe you relapsed and, you know, you've done it the cold turkey way and, you know, maybe you're toying with the idea of methadone or Suboxone or the, um, the patrol shot or, you know, so whatever it is, it's your, walk that's why we're, we're individuals. That's why God made tall people, short people, skinny people, bad people. God made them all. And we're all can't be sitting there and being like cold turkey is the way. That works for a lot of people. It may not be for you.
0: Exactly. Look at my ex oh fiance. Oh, he just quit drinking. He was on methadone for his heroin. However he just he just stopped the alcohol I didn't pick up on it, his sister didn't pick up on it, and he is deceased now because he didn't detox the proper way. He needed to do it medically, however, he didn't, Um, you know, one thing I do, I am so um grateful for him is... He was an organ donor. Oh. So when he passed, uh-huh. they were able to save two people here in New York State. Wow. With a, a kidney. Wow. That's... that's two, so he
1: lives on.
0: Two different people got one of his kidneys. So, you know... <laughs> and she was giving me the finger for a quick 2nd <laughs> Oh, sorry oh
1: thank you I appreciate it I need
0: the finger
1: <laughs> um, how much was he drinking do you know or was he that much of a closet drinker that you had no idea
0: how oh no he drank morning noon and night he, he would drink those big uh, natty daddy uh, I don't know what they were called. they're like, no, elite. I don't know, a quart or whatever. They were the mm-hmm. big, tall, beer can. A vodka beer. It was beer. A okay, beer.
1: Uh-huh. and didn't get the shakes. The DTS are when they get the shakes with their hands.
0: He he, you know, had uh, issues already, so you oh, couldn't so you really couldn't tell. Play. Um. So you know, he had a seizure and, and an alcohol detox uh, seizure because his body couldn't handle it. Yeah. No. No. You- um. But he did. Um. Donate his kidneys, which that made me sign up to be an organ donor. Okay. And also his sister. So you know, uh, out of it, you know, a lot of things came to um head. Okay. Um, t- talking about
1: um, DTS and withdrawals and everything like that. Uh, again please consult a medical professional if you I, just as Carrie said it was beer okay i know a lot of people drink hard liquor and if they don't have a drink their hands start to shake what they call dts so if you're seeing signs like that please don't just stop consult a medical professional um, there are so many, which we're going to go into, there are so many numbers out there. There's even chats where you can do it anonymously. You go on their website, you create a username, and it doesn't link back to you at all. It's completely anonymous. And um, they can set you up with virtual programs where you do a, a Zoom meeting or a Google Meet. Or something like that, and they will walk you through it. If you're more comfortable going into a doctor's office, we suggest we suggest that.
0: Um, we're, and I, we're, I, I can talk by my experience because I was on methadone. Okay, I was on it for three years. Okay, no, sorry, two years. Okay, I misspoke. Two years. Okay. Um, You're
1: three years clean. Yeah, That's what it was.
0: <laughs> However, mm-hmm. I talked to my outpatient counselor, my doctors, my nurses, and I tapered off properly with the proper medical supervision I needed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... You know, there's a misconcept that, you know, um, getting off subs or or methadone, you have really bad uh, withdrawals. Yes, if you just quit cold turkey. Right, right. If you taper off properly, you can get off it.
1: It's smooth sailing. It really is. It smoothed it. I heard a lot of people who were on Suboxone for a lot of years, and they were so scared. And what they did was they went from 8 milligrams a month later to 4 milligrams. Two months later, 2 milligrams. Um, two months later, a milligram. And that's the proper way you come off it. And their withdrawals from it were smooth. So if you get the right doctor and you express to them, hey, listen, I want to go this route, but I want it to be the right way, they will sit and set you up on it. It's like a six-month program. It really is to come off it. So when you fully decide you want to taper off, it takes about six months. So, you know, buckle in. It's not going to be as bad as I hear some horror stories, um, but I believe that's they call that, um, they call that instant, instant um, um, exiting, where they turn around and they stop the the Suboxone and and then they have 72 hours of really bad withdrawals. Um, So some people are like, I'll do that. And you know, then that's what they do. But in order to do it properly, it's it's a six month process. They get you down to one milligram Then they half it to uh, you know, it think it's 0.5 and then they tell you to cut the strips and stuff like that. It's a process. We have some phone numbers too we want to send to you guys. Um, So get a pen and paper handy. I have a suicide hotline. That's AA hotline. That's Alcohol Anonymous, not American (laughs) Airlines. I had somebody say, you gave out American Airline hotline. (laughs) So it's Alcohol Anonymous and N.A. All right, guys, pen and paper handy. The suicide hotline is 1-800-273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. The Alcohol Anonymous
0: hotline,
1: open 24 hours a day, one 855 968 0965 again that's one eight five five nine six eight zero nine six five. And 968 0965 and Narcotics Anonymous Program it's a 24 hour hotline it's one eight four four eight four two five eight three zero. 842 5830 again that's one eight four four.
0: And, you know, even if you don't feel like you need one of those programs, they do have uh, COVID-19 help or hope where you can call. So, but... As of this week, this uh, this will be um live. The next recording next Saturday will be um uh, pre-recorded because I am going to be moving. So it's and gonna it's be also Memorial
1: Weekend. Yes. Yeah. So we want you to enjoy your time with your family. Stop on in. Give us a listen. And uh, it's pre-recorded though, guys. So we can spend time with our family and carry to move.
0: Yes. So I hope you enjoyed this uh, podcast. I hope you share it out and, you know, enjoy hearing recovering addicts making it. And we are, you know, just regular people, but we have a story to share. And that's what we're doing. And we want to help get rid of this stigma. So, you know, we love you. We enjoy having these conversations. Email us topics or if you would like to be a guest let us know so that we can uh, reach out to you and we can schedule stuff and I I hope you have a great amazing, amazing Saturday and we love you
1: we love you keep fighting the good fight it's so worth it you're worth it I need you to make me a promise today To get up in the morning, look at yourself in the mirror, and say, today I'm worth it. And try. That's all you have to do. Just try. And dig deep. Keep telling yourself, you're worth it. Because you truly are. You are a blessing.
0: And so, in closing, we are going to do the disclaimer. And then we will say our goodbyes.
1: Thank you. Again, Angels in Recovery is a podcast, a website, represent our opinions, Angela and Carrie, and our guest, Rosie. To the show, the content here should not be taken as medical or legal advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is so unique, please consult a professional for any medical or legal questions. No promises regarding the outcome of using the, its podcast or services. Not most professionals, Not it's not professional advice. And if you need professional advice, please seek it, either medical, legal, financial, or risk management. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast and website are ours and ours alone and do not res- represent the recovery path. While we make every effort to ensure that all information we are sharing is accurate, we, are we-, we welcome any and all uh, constructive criticism. All people and places and things and scenarios have been mentioned in this podcast have been chained to protect the person's uh, confidentiality. This podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, included but not limited to the establishing of standard of care, and in any legal sense or basis of for expert witness testimony, no guarantees is given regarding the accuracy of any statement or opinion made in this podcast. Thank you, Carrie. That was a, this was a great one. I I love talking about family, and I I can't. You yeah, know, stress it enough, guys. It, it does. It takes a little time. And before you know it, you guys will be laughing. Like, right now, I'm going to sit down by uh, the fire with my family and roast some marshmallows and tell some scary stories, some funny stories. You know, that's what it's about. That's why I got food.
0: Yep. And, uh, you know, me and my early daughter are going to sit and watch the remaining uh Hunger games odd uh, movie, you know um, oh, look at that. so I hope you guys had a great time. I appreciate you listening and we will be posting another one next Saturday, not the following
1: Saturday yes,
0: awesome, all right, love you guys,
1: love you, bye,
0: bye.